Keep She Shatters and She Burns fans, this is Hannah Austin, your host for the She Burns podcast. I'm excited to announce that my first book, Hello Head, Meet Heart, is now out on Amazon. For more tips, tricks, and ways that you can burn bright and not burn out, visit me on Amazon at Hello Head, Meet Heart. Happy reading! Welcome to the She Burns Podcast, the go-to podcast for women who were born to burn bright without burning out. When you're at the top of your game, the difference between handling the heat and boiling over comes down to the right self-care advice at the right time. And if you're ready to take your seat around the campfire, these interviews with inspiring women will help you keep your flame alive. everyone. I'm Hannah Austin, and this is the She Burns Podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with Zanana Rose. Zanana is a registered nurse, certified lactation consultant, health expert, and former owner of Zanana Wellness Spa. She is a daughter, wife, mother, and grandmother. Her life's purpose and passion are to promote health and well-being in her community. Zanana is currently the host of a YouTube channel sharing healthy living tips and information through education and reviews of natural beauty, personal care, and home products. So welcome, Zanana. I'm so excited that you're here with me today. Thank you, Hannah. It's really fun to be here. I'm excited too. So can you start with where you're from and what was growing up like for you? Sure. I was born in Sacramento, California. So I'm from California. I live in Oregon now. I've been here for like 20 years. But in California, we moved around a bit when I was really little. But then my family settled on a big piece of property. And this was probably like 1978. And so from the time I was about nine years old until, you know, until I left home, which was around 17 or so, I lived on a big piece of property out in the middle of nowhere. So (laughs) I was a little hippie child with, you know, lots of fun in the forest and just a lot of nature, lots of close family friends and things like that. So I had a really good childhood, really overall. So that was pretty amazing and a neat experience for sure. So you said you left home at, you said, did you say 17 years old? Yes, I graduated when I was 17 because my birthday's in November and my mom just at that time, you didn't hold kids back for having later birthdays. And so my mom just kept me where I was at and it worked for me. So yes, so I wasn't quite 18 when I graduated from high school. It was May, right? You graduated in May or June. And so I was 17 and a half at that point. So yes, I then moved out of my parents' house a little bit, you know, right around that time in the summer. So in looking back at your childhood, it sounds like you had a great childhood, but you were grown up kind of removed on a, on a remote property is what you said. And yep. looking back, you know, and watching women around you and your mom and the environment that you lived in, what did you learn at an early age regarding what having it all was supposed to look like as a woman? What was your, who were your role models and what were you seeing? Sure. Yeah. So family was really important as a child. And, you know, my mom really values her family and she spent a lot of time and energy raising us girls. I have one sister. And so she just really valued family children. So I pretty much knew from the beginning that I would have children. Like there was a 
no question about it. So of course, what did I do? I ended up getting pregnant. I was 18 and I had her when I was 18 and a half. I, I, she was actually born three weeks before my 19th birthday. I just dove right into the family thing and, and parenting and having a child. But the interesting thing is that my mom really wanted me to have a career because my mom actually never even graduated from high school. She she got tonsillitis or something like that and had to go to the hospital and get her tonsils removed. And when she came back to high school, they told her, oh, you missed too much school and you just won't be able to make it up and graduate. Oh, wow. So that was it. They basically kicked her out of school. I don't think that would happen these days, but no. that's basically what they did. Yeah. And so then my mom was like, okay, fine. And ended up going to cosmetology school and things like that. She got her GED eventually, but I think that was even when I was a kid. So she she never completed any sort of education except for trade school, you know, cosmetology. So she really wanted her children to have an education, to have a career. And that was something that, you know, I kind of took that responsibility, <laughs> will you, and thought that that's what I should do. And she was really worried that if I had a child, I wasn't going to be able to do that and to have a career and that sort of thing. But no, it didn't stop me. So I went to, I was, I started going to college when Tatiana was 18 months or something like that and just started doing junior college and then went on to nursing school. So I ended up having the child family and the career. What did you do in nursing? What specialty did you? Labor and delivery. Okay. What led you to labor and delivery? Just being a young mom or was it just a passion that you've always had? Yeah, I I think I was always very curious about midwifery and I actually had my daughter at home, which is, you know, growing up. And on the land as a hippie child, I mean, that's what all the other mothers around me were doing, right? So I just figured that was normal. And so I had my daughter at home. It was great. It went smoothly, easily, no big deal. I mean, it was a big deal, but like, you know, there wasn't anything scary or emergent about it. It was a very normal birth. And so at that point, I thought I wanted to be a midwife. And that was my goal is to become a midwife. I decided to start with nursing because I felt like that would be a career where I could support myself and support my daughter. Mm -hmm. And that was great. And it, it worked out that way. And as I got into it, I realized... I don't know if I want to be a midwife because there's a lot of responsibility that that comes with that. And at some point in my nursing career, I realized that nights didn't work out very well for me. Yeah. Having Um, a child. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Having a child and just my own physical body. I, when I worked nights as a nurse, I started getting anxiety and panic attacks and things like that. Mm -hmm. So that was something early on that I realized staying up all night just doesn't work for me. And midwives have to do that. That's what you have to do. But when you're a nurse, you go to work and you have your shift. And then when your shift is over, you're done. Mm -hmm. And so I really liked that. And I still got to work with moms and babies. And eventually I became a lactation consultant and that was amazing as well. So, so that path that I went on worked out for me. Let's talk a little bit about, I love the story about you're working as a nurse, you know, you're really getting involved in the lactation consultant and you start to talk to women and when do you switch to owning your own spa and leaving kind of that shift work behind? 
Sure. So I kind of always knew that I wanted to own my own business. So there, there was something in there that I don't know. I just had this idea that I wanted to own my own business. And so I was working at the hospital. You have to work holidays and weekends. I had a child. And then I also met my husband and he is very entrepreneurial. So that kind of kickstarted all those desires. And so I just suddenly realized one day I was flipping through this magazine. It was a sunset magazine. It was a little tiny blurb at the bottom of the page. It was so funny, like how I gravitated yeah. to it. That maternity spas are popping up across the country and da 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 da. Named like three different little spas. And I was like, oh my goodness, that's what I want to do. And this was, it must have been about 2004. So that's when the idea came to me. And I started talking to friends who I worked with at the hospital and in different capacities with lactation and that sort of thing. And decided that I wanted to open a spa and wellness center in Portland. And at that time, Portland was getting all of these accolades for being the best place to have a baby in the United States. And so I thought, okay, well, this is the perfect market as well then. And why not just go for it? And I was getting a little burnout at the hospital, working, doing the shift work. And, you know, there you, it's, the hospital is great in a lot of ways. And I had so many great nurse friends and a lot of great practitioners that I worked with, but some of them, you just don't mess mesh Mm -hmm. with as much. But as a nurse, you have to do what the doctor wants you to do, Right. even though you might recognize that there are other options. And that started wearing on me, you know, and I really wanted to be an advocate for my patients. And so for both of those reasons, like the family life and the life balance type of thing, and just feeling like I wanted to share something different with yes. women, those were the reasons that I ended up opening a spa and wellness center. I love the moment about opening up the magazine and seeing that small little snippet in the corner and gravitating towards that. And then thinking your mind, almost going down a little bit of a discovery path of, well, it's a hot place to be right now in Portland. And this Mm -hmm. is the market. And wow, this connects really all the dots about me being a nurse and specializing in women's health and, and wanting to give back to women when your current work situation is very vanilla, right? It's almost like you're following more of a rainbow kaleidoscope possibility versus you know what you get and the consistency and, and pay, of course, at a hospital and yep. taking a leap of faith. So the alignment of you know you meeting your husband, Chris, and then also seeing that like blurb. Tell me a little bit about those defining moments in that moment, and then to kind of throughout your entrepreneurship journey and career, because you've had a variety of things that you've done that. What is it about those moments or something within you, whether it was what you, how you were raised or just your personality inherently or surrounding yourself around entrepreneurs? What is it that makes you take the leap of faith and have that boldness to step into something new? Well, there's just some sort of knowing there's like a knowing that happens and it's almost like you just have to do it. Like you're compelled to do it. And that's what happened. I mean, I got excited about it. I was crazy excited about it. And there were very hard moments, even at the beginning where like the bank said, no, we're not going to give you the money. And I didn't take no for an answer. (laughs) 
which was a little bit crazy because it, it led to a lot of work in a sense. But there was something that was pulling me and drawing me to do this. There's just some sort of sense of inner knowing that is very compelling and you just have to listen. You know, you can't, you just can't say no to it. So that's what I experienced is that sort of a thing. That's pretty powerful. It's whether it's, you know, the voice within yourself or that inner compass or just the stars aligning at that moment of a, you know, image of a sunset magazine or Google, doing the Google search. We talked to two podcasts ago about the power of just Googling your stream of <laughs> consciousness and what comes up. I know you've held many entrepreneurship roles in the past. Was the only time that you experienced burnout from the time that you went from the hospital to starting your spa. I mean, I can imagine having a day spa that was doing really well and is super successful. Tell me about that journey and, and whether you saw burnout in your employees or were you experiencing that yourself? Because being an entrepreneur is lonely and it's hard work. Yeah, for sure. So at the hospital, I think there were inklings of burnout. I got a little bored with my job, I would say, in a sense. And I was like, where do I go from here? And I couldn't see myself being a charge nurse or a nurse manager. I just didn't know where to go next. And I knew it wasn't in the hospital. I did certainly have times where I was exhausted. And because I would work 12-hour shifts and I would work extras and, you know, those sorts of things. So I had this little bit of a, you know, hint about what burnout might be be like, Mm -hmm. but I never fully got there. I just had this sense of where do I go from here? It was with the spa that I, you know, really got burnout Mm -hmm. and it was the culmination of quite a few events that occurred. First of all, you know, I was working my butt off and (laughs) you know, when you own your own business, you don't like when I was doing shift work, my shift was over. I went home. That was it. And yes, I did some projects. I did clinical ladder and sort of all these different things that were, you know, I was, I did, I had committees that I was doing and, you know, there were those sorts of things that maybe would be a little bit of extra work, but it's not like owning your own business where Mm -hmm. it doesn't ever end and you're responsible for your employees. And at one point I had 32, you know, it was a lot of people to be responsible for. So that level of responsibility, then on top of it, I ended up having a back injury at one point where I ruptured a disc in my low back and I experienced excruciating pain for probably a good month. And then the pain started to subside from there. And I had physical therapy and just all these things. But anyway, that's a whole story. But the bottom line is I got, I had an injury and on top of having the injury, my business partner was having a baby. So she went on maternity leave right after I had this injury. That all was basically just too much Mm -hmm. for my adrenals to handle that was when I really started getting exhausted and having, uh, but I had no choice. Like that's how I felt. I felt like I had no choice yeah, you were stuck. But to keep on working. Right. I had to go to work every single day. There was no one else who could do it. And so, yeah, I really, really, really got burnt out. And I really, you know, it, it took a toll on my body physically because mm-hmm. my adrenals just got drained mm-hmm. and your adrenals are a big part of pain as well of uh, uh, the pain process, you know, how the body responds to pain. And so that 
compounded with the high level of responsibility that I had just, you know, really led to that adrenal fatigue and and all of the burnout feelings that occurred for the several years after that happened. What was the final straw or moment that you're like, I'm selling this, I either can't do this anymore, or that's a closed chapter? What was that moment for you? Yeah. So for me, I felt like I suddenly came to the realization. I shouldn't say suddenly because I, throughout that time, I sought out the support of a lot of different people, counselors, coaches, you know, friends, family, whatever. And at one point I realized I'm not happy. I'm not happy. And is this the way that I want to live Mm -hmm. my life? Because I had this idea that the spa was my thing. You know, it was like the one thing in my life, like my magnum opus or whatever, and that I had to do it and I had to do it successfully. Mm -hmm. And so at one point I just realized like, I'm not happy. Mm -hmm. And am I living my life for this business and for the clients, for the employees Or am I living my life for me? And in that moment, I realized this is my one precious life, as Mary Oliver would say, right? And what do I I want to do with my one precious life? And I realized I didn't want to be exhausted. I didn't want to be burnt out. I didn't Mm -hmm. want all of my time to be focused on the business. And sometimes choosing the business even over my family and oftentimes choosing the business over myself. And so that's what did it. I just, I just realized one day it took a long time though. (laughs) Isn't it it ironic though, that you had a wellness spa and you're crashing and burning and this, this is probably going to be my free church. So I shouldn't joke around too much about this, but you burn out and you are trying to get other people to relax and stay healthy. And then you crash and burn yourself. But I love that moment, Zanana, where you talked about, I'm not happy. And that is a hard, hard truth. And when you start to say that, or it reverberates in your brain and heart and head and gut, it's almost like, okay, now what? So that was kind of your now what moment. So you're not happy. You've sought coaches, you know, spiritual advisors. I'm sure you went to several spas yeah. and meditated about it or hiked or gone to the top of a, a Lake Colmajaro yeah. or something to try I to went figure to out. Brightenbush. I you know, did I did all. All things. Yeah, all the things. But when you come back into the knowing and the knowing of I'm not happy, then what? What do you do? Well, yeah. So then that's when I basically told my business partners the first time I was like, you guys, I'm not happy and I need to take a break. And so that was the first phase. Other business partners stepped in. They took over the main management roles. The hard part about that business is that we had committed to this loan and the financing. Mm. And so we had a huge debt, which we, if, and there was several business partners. So I, it wasn't as easy for me to just be like, okay, I'm done, you know, close up the doors or whatever and move on because there were other people involved as well. So that was a little tricky. And so then that's what happened is other people stepped in and took over and I took a break a couple of years and that was good. In the meantime, of course, I ended up having another project. (laughs) (laughs) Shocker. 
Yeah, right. But that was fun. And and I learned a lot from that too. And I didn't end up getting burnt out in, in that experience. So that, that was really good. And I think it ended up being very healing for me to just revisit some of the things that I did before and have a positive experience mm-hmm. doing it versus, you know, what can sometimes happen with burnout. So it boosted my confidence. I, you know, felt like that I can do this, you know, and it just, I was able to to change the circumstances to make it work better for me that time around than the first time. So, so you learn from the first time you're adjusting as you go, you're really searching for, you know, taking a break, taking a pause, taking a positive outlook, like what really fits into my lifestyle versus creating a job that fits Uh into you almost. So it's creating Uh that job. I know you've talked a lot about, you know, being a young mom and I know you and your daughter are super close She is an entrepreneur. She has her own business. Talk to me a little bit about what you say or have said to your daughter about being an entrepreneur and tips and tricks on how she can burn bright and not burn out. What are you saying to her? Mm. Wow, that is a really good question. I mean, there are different times when she has so many clients and then she has to work so hard and it's exhausting. So we definitely have talked a lot through those times of how many clients do you want to have? And are there any that you can let go of? And even just, you know, recently with COVID and everything, you know, she didn't take that many clients in the beginning, but people wanted to come back. Right. And having a child too now, she really had to limit that and really, you know, basically have good solid boundaries about Mm -hmm. what's going to work for her and what isn't going to work. So yeah, and I think she really loves being an entrepreneur because she sees how you can have your life and then also have your career at the same time. It's in some ways easier to do that because you make your own hours and, you know, do those sorts of things. But on the other hand, it can impose on your life as well. If you let clients be the person that is ruling your life versus you having that power. Talk to me about self versus work. So as you're talking through your journey, I'm realizing that, Mm -hmm. you know, in your, in your twenties and your thirties as a woman, your first career, there's ways that you can get wrapped up in your identity being your job. And then of course you fell in love with, you know, having a health spa and giving back to women. And that was, you were passionate about that and it fueled your spirit, which I can imagine is rewarding, but it almost like you became the business or the business became you. Yeah. What are your thoughts after being, you know, a nurse and then being an entrepreneur and now we'll get to your um, YouTube channel in a minute. How do you distance yourself or set boundaries? Like you said, making Mm -hmm. sure that there's the job and then there's the Nana, there's the you. What tips or tricks would you say to women? Because I think a lot of the times we get wrapped up in the work being us and our identity. Yeah. So that definitely was a very big one for me because I did think that the, I was the business, the business was my responsibility. It was my baby essentially, you know, that, that I was bringing into the world and very responsible for. And I thought that what happened there reflected on me and vice versa, you know? So that was a really, really big lesson that I had to learn. I am not my business. Yes. So I did finally figure that out at one point and, and that was very helpful. But I think one of the things that I realized is that 
you know, getting your employees involved in the business and helping them to take ownership of the business as well and treating the business as its own entity was really, really helpful. And at some point, I was able to shift to that and really invite those people in and just kind of support them at doing the work of the business and let them embrace it and love it. Because in the beginning, myself and some of the other owners, we never, we didn't think that people could love the business as much as we did. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That's not true. So other people fall in love with it just as much as you do. And you have to step out of the way and let Mm -hmm. them do it. So if you don't step out of the way, then you're keeping yourself in that position Mm -hmm. and perpetuating that cycle that is really an unhealthy cycle, you Mm -hmm. know? I think it's the evolution of yourself, right? So you yes. see yourself in your early teens and then 20s and then 30s. And it's like, when I look back on myself in my career in my 20s, I was like, God, I was such a naive manager. And now I'm like, oh, just get out of the way. And then employees will, you know, lead the storm. You're just kind of one of the teammates if you're a good right. manager. So yeah. I, I really like what you said about that. In looking back overall about self-care, I mean, that's really been health, wellness, self-care, mm-hmm. however you want to, spirituality, what are you doing for yourself right now at this moment to keep mm-hmm. your flame alive and, and yourself healthy in this COVID phase three? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, exercise is very, very important to me. My husband and I work out. We definitely go on hikes and walks and that sort of thing. So, so I started doing Peloton recently. Oh, wow. Peloton. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm doing that now. So exercise is very important to me. And then meditation is huge as well. And I'm not one of those, you know, I, yeah. I, I use an app. I use the Calm <laughs> app and that thing helps me and it it's great. So I do a little bit of stretching, yoga, meditation, and if I can do that every single day, I mean, that's my goal. Of course, it never happens, but I try to meditate every morning. I have like a little 30 minute routine and okay. just that peacefulness for myself and having those reminders to tune back in mm-hmm. is really, really crucial for me. And I've had this practice for probably, I don't know, it's probably like close to 10 years now. And I wow. think that that has been a game changer for me. It's it's definitely very important. What about digging a little bit deeper? So one of the things that I hear most often is self-care is so overused. It's meditation, it's mindfulness, it's drinking water, working out. Everybody knows that that's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But digging a layer deeper and doing your spiritual work or looking at yourself as a woman, mom, partner in general, what would you say is the biggest aha or learning or going a layer deeper that's impacted you the most? Is it looking at yourself around self-awareness? Is it looking around control issues? Is it identity? What what is kind of the main driver of Sonata? Yeah, so I think that there are a few things that were sort of hangups for me that got in the way. And one of them was fear of failure. And the other one is being worried about what other people think. And those were two things that I think led to that sense of burnout. And those are the things that I feel like I've really had to work through over the years. 
to be able to burn bright, basically, and not burn out, you know, and I'm still working on those things. So it's an evolution. Yeah, there's no fix all tomorrow or a feeling. Right, exactly. (laughs) But those are some of the big ones for me that I think stood out there that led to the I I really took a lot of responsibility Mm -hmm. for other people and their experience. I was also really worried about failing. And now I know, like, you know, like Pema Chodron said, fail, fail again, fail better. And I read that book and that book was so helpful. I also found like Brene Brown's work Mm -hmm. to be helpful and did some of her one, a couple of her workshops. And those really got me out of some of the, the patterns that would kind of hold me back and hold me down and allowed me to become more of myself Mm. and be more vulnerable, be more courageous and get out there. Like I said, burn bright instead of burning out because those things that weigh on you, the shame and some of those fears, Mm -hmm. those are the types of things that if you're holding on to them too strongly, Mm -hmm. then that leads to those feelings of unhappiness and not being fulfilled and also just burning out. Absolutely. I love what you said about, I wrote down responsibility and this is the big one. So a lot of women are coming to me and I'm sure you've heard in your healthcare background where women are just feeling lost and stuck. And you talked a little bit about earlier in the podcast of like, you just felt stuck because you had all these business partners at the, at the spa and you needed to get out, but you, you were feeling kind of, Oh, how do I get out of here and have it a graceful leave or take a break? The responsibility really lies within yourself I think it really comes down to a choice where if you know you're unhappy or you're like the awareness of, okay, this isn't working for me. This life, one precious life is not working for me. So now what? And mm-hmm. seeking out Calm App, Deepak Chakra, you know, Brene Brown, Chi Shatters, whoever, to mm-hmm. really look at your side yourself intrinsically. I really appreciate what you said about acknowledging the fear of failure and worrying about what other people think. Because that's society, the two things that are kind of ingrained in us is we have to do it all, be all, we have to look gorgeous and have this image, how to do everything. And I really like what you said about, you know, taking a break, having a sense of responsibility to dive deep from the inside out. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So we've talked a lot about your background and um, your career, which has been absolutely incredible. The next part of the podcast is my favorite part. And this is kind of a fun shift. Here's where okay. I get to ask you a food for thought question or two. Tell okay. me you're ready. Okay. Sure. <laughs> so if, if I told you that you could be seven years old for a day with no responsibilities or worries, what would you spend your day doing? Oh, my goodness. Wow, that is a really good one. Ooh, what would I spend my day doing? Hmm. If I was seven years old, oh my goodness. I mean, I I would want to spend time in nature. I I mean, that's what I love doing now. And I I think I loved it when I was a kid. Actually, on the property, we used to hike around. We used to make clothes out of ferns. So my sister and I would come out of the forest wearing like these little fern skirts and fern clothes. So I think when I was seven, I loved being in the forest as well. And I think being in nature is what I would want to do if I had nothing, you know, just being amongst the trees and a being being among na- amongst nature. I also really love hot springs. So oh yes, yes, yes. I think if you had the fern outfit now, I think it would be like on the runway somewhere. It would be like edible <laughs> edible clothing and sustainable goods. <laughs> Isn't that a 
amazing. <laughs> hey, that could really be something. I know. We may have to look down that road. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So this one's a little bit more reflective. Please answer the following statement with the first response that comes to you. Mm-hmm. If you really knew me, you would know that I. If you really knew me, you know that I love to cook and I love to serve delicious meals to my friends and family. Are you doing that on your YouTube show or is that just for intimate gatherings right now? Oh, that's a good question. Oh my gosh, Hannah. Yeah. I mean, I love people having, you know, like right now it's COVID obviously. So mostly I'm just having my family over and occasionally some friends outside and that sort of thing, but I still love it. On my YouTube channel, I do do some cooking and sharing healthy recipes with people. So that is really fun as well. And it's a nice way to get that information out and just share that passion that I have of, you know, playing with recipes and turning them into something healthy. And that is also really delicious. So that sounds good. I almost wish, I mean, in the future, it would be fun to do like a dinner party with Zanon, a sustainable dinner party or something. That'd be pretty cool. I'd come to that. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Thank you, Hannah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a great idea. Great idea. Yeah. So thank you for being such an active participant. I, I think those questions are fun and they're very reflective in nature. And I always appreciate the responses. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. So I just want to thank you so much for your time today. I loved what you said about the importance of really when those roadblocks get in your way, don't take no for an answer and really looking at the knowing within yourself of if you feel something uh, compelling you to do it or take a risk, do it right and explore it. And, you know, you wouldn't have had the spa, you wouldn't have had, you know, now the YouTube channel. And I know you and your husband also dabble in decoration and real estate. So Mm -hmm. you're really kind of one of those women that really take the bull by the horns and just go down that road and explore like you did when you were a little in the forest. I think it's just literally opening up that access of what is true and real for you and following that, that, that road. So thank you so much for demonstrating that to the team today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. To our listeners, for more information on Zanana, please visit her YouTube channel at www.youtube.com natural living with Zanana. Thank you for joining us on the She Burns podcast. We are so grateful for your time, energy, and support. For more tips, resources, and tools on how to burn bright, please visit us at sheshatters.com or on Instagram at sheshattersllc.